0: Hi, so welcome guys. We're just dealing with some technicalities obviously behind the scenes trying to get the last person on board but I'll just chat while we're waiting for everyone to join. Uh, This is our first Twitter Spaces session that we've run from Iris so we're very excited. Uh, We're kind of hoping this might become a regular event so if you like it please do tweet about it. Let us know what you'd like to see more of and what you found most useful. Um, Also the plan is that We'd love for you to be able to join in, so if you've got questions throughout this session then tweet them to at Iris Worldwide, this account, and we'll answer them here and I'll post them to our speakers. Um, but today we've come together to chat about the rise of audio social and for years we've been thinking of social media as a bit of a sound off platform but suddenly the tide seems to have turned and if uh, some of you who have joined and are listening in aren't really sure how audio social works and why it's now a thing, or maybe this is the first time you've experienced an audio social format, I'll uh, quickly give a bit of a rundown before before we chat to the guests on um, exactly how it works. So during lockdown, everyone suddenly started talking about this new invite-only platform called Clubhouse, which hopefully you've heard of. And it was the first platform to offer an audio-only social media format. So that meant that small groups of people could come together and chat and discuss a particular topic for us others to listen in. So much like the session you're listening to today here on Twitter Spaces, same concept. And it grew really rapidly, got massive funding, news, user numbers grew suddenly, and all the other platforms started to get in on the action as well. So... The first come along after Clubhouse was Twitter Spaces, and that appears to have taken off the quickest, as you can see from listening in today, but it's all very early days still. Uh, Last week Facebook live streamed the test of their audio formats, and that happened just in the last week, and it seems to be top of the agenda for almost all of the social platforms to be discussing their audio plans as well. It's not really clear what's led to this sudden rise in popularity of audio, uh, but lockdown's almost certainly had an impact on it. So with everyone at home, that blend of more time to sit about and listen on your phones, but also that yearning to hear other voices of others has probably provided that perfect environment for for this to to grow and um, emerge. So what we've done today is... um, invited along three people who are perfectly poised to talk about audio social. So first, Jake Ward is the business development director at Groovy Gecko, where he's helped to deliver some of the biggest live streams in the world, ranging from the announcements of Higgs boson particle, which is pretty epic, to Andrea Bocelli's Music for Hope. Uh, I mean, if you haven't heard that in particular, it really broke the internet. It's well worth checking out. Um just need to click something technical to make sure that uh, Neil has been added to a speaker as well. There we go. That's done. Um, also, we've got Neil, who we've been able to make join. join. Uh, Neil's Head of uh, Marketing, Product and Digital at Starbucks, so really excited to have him here today. He also oversees all Starbucks social, so great to hear what his predictions are for the future of this format. Um, and also James Poulter, who's the CEO at and Labs, which is Europe's leading strategy consultancy and also app development for voice assistants and conversational AI as well. Um, James is awesome, I've known him for years and he's been around since the very early days of voice. So really excited to hear what he has to say. So the plan for today, I think everybody's joined in now, is to speak to each of the guests one by one with a series of questions. So if you also have questions, as I said earlier, please tweet them at at Iris Worldwide and we can pose any extra questions to them at the end. Um you can just look at my phone and see if there are any notifications. Um so starting with Jake, you've got obviously loads of experience, particularly in the gaming space as well, Jake um social audio has been around for a while and used by gamers so why do you think it's suddenly taken off now
1: thanks beth uh yeah i think it's an interesting one you know as you say things like discord have been around for small groups to chat in gaming for a, a good long time i think probably the reason for now is actually related to another platform we're all very familiar with and that's zoom i think if you look at the studies on zoom fatigue in general um from places like stanford and Harvard. Zoom is a very unnatural platform to have our day-to-day communications on. Um, Staring in somebody's eyes for 40 minutes is very unnatural. People tend to over-exaggerate how they react to things, how they respond to things. And that's actually mentally very stressful. Um, and I think audio has kind of begun to find its niche because it's not that. It's, it's in the case of things like podcasts, it's one way. In the case of of things like Spaces and, and, and you know, these other formats like Clubhouse, um, it's very much, you know, you can wander around the house listening to it. You don't have to watch what's in your background. I think it's really interesting that despite the dropping commutes over the last year, the, there's been a huge rise in the number of people listening to podcasts to just want to get away from constantly being on video. Um, you know, podcasts grew about 17% in the number of listeners last year. They're likely to grow another kind of 8% this year in the UK. So I think it's this kind of thing of actually, it's a more relaxing format to engage with. And I'm sure other people who are listening to this will have had the weird experience over the last year of suddenly just having a phone call with people and it's kind of quite refreshing it's like i can't see you i don't need to see what your kitchen or your bedroom is like it's kind of one of those things where it's actually quite refreshing because you're just concentrating on what someone's saying and i think that's why we're beginning to see the rise
0: Uh, yeah totally that's so interesting and what do you think about the difference between clubhouse versus twitter do you think there's different ways that they're being used or any emerging trends between the starting to signify the differences between the two
1: yeah, I think um, I think my honest, uh, my honest appraisal is once you have Twitter and Facebook rolling into a territory, I, I'd fear for Clubhouse. Clubhouse is very business-orientated. It's only got about sort of 10 to 15 million users at the moment. I think they've got to go a long way to kind of build that out if they're going to survive. It's also, um, someone described it to me as, as it's very much about hustle. There's a lot of kind of come and see me. I'm a brilliant consultant. Come and talk to me. Whereas Twitter allows for much more diverse conversation. You know, we were in a chat this morning about Twitter spaces itself, but you could easily go and find a Twitter space on film or music or TV or the Euros or anything. So I think it's just got more range and it's obviously got more co-audience, you know, 300 million active users a month on Twitter. So you're much more likely to get get sort of um, a wider audience and attract more interesting people. I also think it's kind of integration We'd be able to follow people um, and immediately connect with people. You know, you hear me talk, you can send me an instant DM to go, oh, that was interesting, I've got this problem, or talk amongst yourselves within the space about, oh, there's someone I haven't seen in a while, I'll drop them a note. I think there will be other ones. You mentioned Facebook has been test streaming stuff. I think LinkedIn will probably enter this space, although LinkedIn tend to be notoriously slow at adopting Pretty much anything. Um, I think there's also Green Room. So Spotify launched last week a new service called Green Room, uh, which is tied in Spotify but a separate app. Very similar to Spaces. It's got a couple of different things though. It's got. Um, it's not just about music. They're branching into entertainment and sport on that platform, um, but also they've introduced a kind of currency. Um, so if, if you like what a speaker is saying, you can give them a gem. So then it's an idea of kind of being able to rank speakers who are popular or speakers who are currently very hot and talking on a lot of spaces. Um, There's already a bit of a problem with people literally joining uh, green room rooms just so everybody can give each other a gem to try and make them look more important. There's obviously some moderation to be done there. But I think there's some really interesting things going on. I think the key thing is no one, including all the platforms, quite know what this is yet so i think we'll see a lot of piloting a lot of interesting things going on while all the platforms trying to figure out where the sweet spot is for them and what they what they're best at doing
0: yeah that's so true and i think it's really interesting your point about people trying to make a bit of a name for themselves um and i guess the benefit that twitter has is that there's an existing base of influencers on there who've already got a platform to speak from so what do you think about? Um, Uh, kind of the potential for a rise of new audio influencer do you think that's something that's going to spring up quickly what could that look like
1: yeah i think that's an interesting one my feeling is it might not be the same influencers we're used to on video i think it's a very different medium and i think actually what might happen is more informality so you know actually watching a euros game over the next few weeks and having all your mates on twitter jumping on a space to just kind of chat it through i think you may get some people who kind of bubble up out of nowhere who who like back in the old days of youtube who kind of just do what they're passionate about and become new influencers i also think there is um a level of production because we're at a basic basic level at the moment Uh, you know when when we started this you had to get everybody on and make them a make them a speaker Um, i think that there's an opportunity there for new people to come along and, and do interesting things it's interesting where you see some people who are beginning to gain some momentum in this space. You know, I know of a couple of sort of South African um, uh, sort of audio influencers, if we want to call them that, who are beginning to emerge. So I think you might get people from different parts of the world more than the kind of uniform US and UK tend to be the great body of big influencers on, on video at the moment. Yeah,
0: that's a really interesting point. The fact that it might give rise to, um, kind of an unexpected new strand of people I guess because the traditional influences so always so based on what they look like as well and being great in front of camera if you don't have, or have that tech it, it um, is limiting which could open up um, the possibilities to a whole new group of people um, I mean thinking about the the tech side of things as well what are your kind of predictions for how it will actually evolve into the future over the next few years
1: yeah i think i think the the visual point is an interesting one because um you know it, no one can really tell how old how young somebody is when they're doing this kind of this what what does their voice say about them there's a whole host of different things that may play into into this rise of new influencers in terms of the tech as i said it's it's kind of it's a very quickly evolving platform in my view i i think there's interesting things to come from a brand point of view um as we begin to get more access which is not straightforward you know driving an api for something like this is quite difficult because there's two parts to it you know uh, beth and i are having a one-to-one kind of real-time chat and the listeners are getting a stream of that which has some latency built into it so there's different sort of technical component parts in here but i think it's really interesting once those uh those walls begin to come down, you know, APIs become available, the ability to get better production into it. I think you're going to begin to get formats that are much more like things like live radio is the obvious place to go. You know, you'll have audio stings, you'll have different sections to the program. And I think that's where it gets really interesting is, is there's a informal kind of version of spaces where people are chatting amongst themselves, which will persist but are there more produced, branded pieces that might come together? And I think some of those formats might be, as always, found by accident while people are piloting interesting stuff. You know, there's already been the first sponsored spaces in the last few months where Shell sponsored uh, a series of kind of thought leadership pieces called Mouthwash, um, and that was the very first. And I think to have someone sponsor one of these, a brand sponsor one of these, so quick out of the block's, I think probably took Twitter by surprise, but also opens up the possibility for for kind of compatible brand content, which is generated by influencers or other third parties.
0: It's funny you say that, um, Jake, because I think uh, Paul Armstrong who created that is actually one of our listeners. So hi,
1: Paul. Yes, he is. Hi, Paul.
0: We all think it's awesome. <laughs> um, and thanks, Jake, as well. That was really great. Um, uh, we're collating any questions that are coming through, so we'll, come back to you again in a minute and just a reminder if you're listening and you do have questions tweet them at iris worldwide and i'll spin through them at the end so we can get um the answers from each of the speakers Um neil we'll uh, chat to you next great day for us today having just won the gold for starbucks at the can lines and i bet you're looking forward to celebrating that
2: yeah r- very much so thank you for thank you for having me
0: Yeah, absolutely. And um, I know that your experience is massive, not just Starbucks. You've worked with loads of retail, hospitality brands. So from that point of view, what do you think the opportunities for brands will be with Audio Social? Yeah, I think it's
2: kind of a really exciting uh, time. Right. I love what Jake was saying about, you know, at this point in time, how everybody is so kind of tired of being on Zoom and Teams, right? And just the the novelty of being able to have a conversation with somebody on the phone or doing a walk and talk, right? And how this is the kind of the, the new thing we all aspire to, right? So um, I think, you know, for me as a, you know, as a marketeer, like all marketeers, we all love the bright, new, shiny objects for sure. But um, I think we've been we've been looking for kind of opportunities as kind of marketers to have more of an engaged kind of conversation uh, with our clients, our customers and I think audio for me gives us a great opportunity to do that um, so that, you know, the, the element of being able to you know to demonstrate some kind of thought leadership in a particular area whether it's diversity, inclusion whether it's, you know, for a brand like Starbucks, whether it's about, you know, a coffee story etc. I think audio gives us kind of a new opportunity to do that in a a brand new format that will really kind of help to kind of inspire our customers as well so yeah there's lots of kind of exciting things about it which is you know things that we want to kind of really uh dive into
0: yeah amazing and i I know jake was talking a lot about um this idea of the rise of the audio influencer as well what do you think about that do you think there will be a a new breed of audio influencer and is that something you'll be tracking for Starbucks?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think that, I mean, there definitely will be. There'll be um, just like we see with, you know, uh, kind of... Instagram, Instagram, Facebook influencers, social influencers, influencers. Now, I think there'll be yeah, this new next generation where you know people who've you know probably got the gift of the gab and got some great kind of expertise in a particular area will, uh, you know, will kind of emerge and I think that'll be nice, right? Because it'll give us a different type of influencer on our kind of portfolio and one that will be able to demonstrate a, a new way of probably a new perspective, a new way of looking at things. Um, as opposed to, you know, a pure product placement kind of uh, influencer that we currently have too. So I think there's, there's definitely lots of, um, you know, exciting things in that space for sure. So can't wait to see it all kind of start to build over the next couple of years.
0: Absolutely. And, and what's your predictions about uh, which platform will survive? Do you think it'll be Cloudhouse that will somehow be able to cut through the, the noise? Or do you think Twitter Spaces will, will uh, kind of win in the end?
2: Um, I mean, probably, you know, the big guys will probably dominate the space, but, you know, never say never. Um, I, you know, only just got access, thanks to you, to Clubhouse over the past uh, <laughs> few days. So it's, you know, definitely for me in the, more in the the mainstream, right? It uh, seems to be emerging, but, you know, no doubt, you know, the big guys, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, etc. Probably less so Instagram, actually, but um you know the big social giants will probably you know uh, come out the gate really strongly on this so it'll be um one to watch for sure but hopefully you know we, we never know what's going to get invented tomorrow as well right so there could be another another one that uh, may emerge too
0: yeah definitely definitely one to watch um all right thanks thanks so much neil and um, we'll no doubt come back to you with a, a couple of questions at the end um super interesting. And, and if anyone does want to ask a question, just a reminder to tweet them to at Iris Worldwide and we'll get the guys to answer them at the end. Um, James, just to, to chat to you for a bit now, I know that you started in the very, very early days of voice. Um, so really interested to get your point of view. Um, do you think that Audio Social has the, the, the potential to become the new version of the talk show?
3: Well, the new version of the talk show or maybe the new version of the conference um, or the new version of hanging out with your mates around the pub table. I mean, like I think it has the potential to do all of those things. And I think as we've seen from uh, you know, someone already mentioned it, the series that Paul um, ran Mouthwash uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, it's an example of a kind of hybrid of all of those things. And that conversation is essentially evolving in different platforms and in slightly different ways you've got you know new micro influencer groups being created on clubhouse but not many people outside of clubhouse are hearing about what's happening there apart from the big you know moments where you have people like Elon Musk or, or Zuckerberg or people like that dropping in uh, to give it a try and then you've got you know the new means of communicating just through audio but on pre-established platforms like twitter as we're doing here and i think the reason that many i'm sure many of you have shown up in this um space today is because you follow either iris or one of the speakers and that's how you became aware of it but you didn't suddenly join twitter to be able to do that you probably had a twitter account anyway or and have probably have done for a long time so it does mean that there's a very different dynamic going on um, as you go platform by platform uh, in the same way that you know, I think it was Jake mentioned earlier what's happening over with Green Room um, on on Spotify which obviously has been created primarily to hopefully bring new means of connection for, for music and artists and sports and entertainment um, podcasters as well but yeah there is this kind of flood of Uh, wannabe influencers I would say probably uh, rushing to every one of these platforms to try and get a a march on getting enough followers gems likes whatever they might be so I think in terms of whether this beds in as an ongoing thing I think that is still a little bit early to judge um yeah you know, we're still living with most of us are still living with the effects of the pandemic in different parts of the world there's going to be a kind of long tail kind of post caffeine high kind of vibe i think because of that we all stick around using these things for some time but the intensity with which people joined things like clubhouse in the early days was predominantly as as i think we've already heard a reaction to um you know predominantly video-based comms uh, throughout the pandemic and also a desire to reconnect with you know those more loose tie connections that we've all had um through you know business or you know, other kind of uh, career connections and things like that but as we go back out into the real world uh, it's yet to see how much of that is going to hang on um we know that in certain subgroups you know like within gaming for example you know has been using audio comms like this for a long time in the form of discord and twitch and um you know just in-game chat on you know uh, things like fortnite and call of Duty. yeah you know, that's been around for a long time but it's remained very much a subset of a broader group of people so i think if this goes to the mainstream that's the thing that i think everyone is waiting to see whether or not people will really kind of stick with it uh, for the long term um and yeah, it probably, will, in my opinion, follow that kind of eighty twenty rule where 80% of people will probably just be listeners. And you'll probably end up with about 20% of people who actually bother to engage in a space or create one or certainly speak uh, will probably be a far, just far smaller number. Um, and that's, I think, how we're going to see this play out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Super interesting. One of the things I've been uh, dying to ask you, obviously, because of your, your background and experiences. How do you think that um, AI will impact voice? Do you think that we'll end up talking to robots or is there a really positive role for AI in voice?
3: Well, I remember in the, when Clubhouse first began to pop um, towards the back end of last year, and particularly as the kind of more global markets kind of opened up for it. Um, yeah, we did begin to see examples of people coming in and essentially bringing AI bots into um, clubs and into rooms and into spaces. People using um, Elon Musk, GPT-3 um, examples to kind of create AI synthetic answers to questions. And um, even some of the Russian um, voice assistants that exist out there being plugged into things like Clubhouse, so you could talk essentially to a robot but in all reality i think that is really uh, far out in terms of um you know kind of day-to-day use case the ai that i think particularly places like twitter need as well as also users will want is actually much more where um, we'll see ai to kind of assist people navigating and engaging with rooms one of the things that obviously isn't particularly um, user friendly for most social audio platforms is for those with uh, visual impairment and disability being able to actually you know hear what's going on inside a room so AI being able to auto transcribe a space, for example, and be able to get closed captions is going to be quite an important thing. But the minute that you get that textual um, analysis kind of going on, um, you know, right now you can obviously go find a room based upon a title or a description or someone tweeting about it. But I can't just go find every room where someone is talking about, I don't know, coffee right now. And the minute that you start having AI be able to scrape the conversations of, that are happening in real time, you can begin to start digging into that in the same way that you do currently with tweets that are happening in real time. So you begin to be able to browse rooms by hashtag, not just because the hashtag was written down, but because someone said a keyword in, in a conversation. Um, and that's going to help with things like moderation. It's going to help with um, yeah, verification of new users coming into the platform. It's, it's going to help in lots of ways. And you may begin to see also smarter AI assistants being developed specifically for these services to, for example, transcribe and compress the notes that come out of them or to summarise a conversation or to visualise them in different ways. Um, so I think that's probably where AI is going to begin to play a role, first of all. Um, and yeah, maybe down the line, you might be able to talk to the Starbucks you know bot inside of a space and order a coffee whilst you're having a conversation. But I think that's probably two or three steps down the line before we get past some of these more basic kind of UX hurdles that need to be overcome using AI. Yeah,
0: it's really interesting that point around um, how it almost makes it more inclusive. Um, it's really exciting. and it, It's interesting to see Twitter's already enabled those um, kind of tech subtitles that you can read along as well as listen. Um, I think that the question that I've posed the other team that I've uh, wanted to ask you as well as so overall, which platform do you reckon stands the best chance of winning in the audio social space?
3: Well, I mean, there's some platforms that are out there that already have far bigger user bases that already exist. I mean, you could argue that Discord is winning this race by a long way because it has far more users than any of these platforms at the moment. I mean, we know that obviously Twitter has hundreds of millions of Twitter users, but we don't have any data yet on how many of those are actually Twitter space users. My estimation is probably it's in the 1% of all of those users. Um, you yeah, know, then you go to places like Clubhouse, and from my data from, and from speaking with people at Clubhouse in recent months, I think we're probably looking at the kind of 20 million user mark already but that is slowing off quite significantly um whilst it's still rising in certain markets outside of you know particularly the us and the uk um you know markets like japan and singapore malaysia are actually really high up their top um ranking countries in terms of where it goes i think that you're gonna have to see platforms like for example linkedin making a play to potentially acquire somewhere like clubhouse most of the conversations on clubhouse are happening in as i say kind of micro business communities of different uh, different natures that has some plus and minus (laughs) points um if you go hang out in clubhouse for very long you'll you'll come across the minus points pretty quickly um but you know with people like microsoft obviously now owning linkedin they recently just acquired Nuance, which is for a long time been one of the leaders in uh, voice AI dictation software, and um, powers many of the big AI uh, voice providers out there. I think they're very well positioned to potentially come along and acquire someone like Clubhouse and and you know kind of begin to see that integrating with things like Teams, uh, integrating the the base technology with things like uh, you know SharePoint from an enterprise perspective, and then obviously LinkedIn from a kind of broader um, social networking perspective. And broadly speaking, you know people like Microsoft and Amazon have not been very good. Uh, at building their own social networks, but they're very good at acquiring them. Obviously, Amazon uh, you know, making that move on something like Twitch. In terms of whether or not Twitter, uh, Twitter Spaces kind of manages to break out of the short, uh, you know kind of term um, novelty factor for new users, I think we've got to wait and see. You know, arguably when they went into live video with Periscope uh, to you know, kind of come, fight against Meerkat, this feels like a very similar race at the moment of Twitter trying to fight against the likes of, um, you know, the likes of Clubhouse and and arguably i don't know how many of you have even got the periscope app still installed even if you're an avid twitter user or how many have created live video it's still very very small numbers so i think um there's i think it's very much a jury out kind of question i don't think there is a, a obvious winner yet we have to actually wait and see whether or not the whole behavior um beds in in the longer term um and you might end up seeing yeah, you know, one of the the music providers, I, I think Spotify and Green Room is a very interesting prospect. For example, um, actually has a longer term, um, you know, a longer term kind of shot at it because they've got uh, a base of very creative creators that people want to already hear from. Um, and arguably, of the three hundred million users of Twitter, that doesn't mean there's three hundred million people that are worth listening to, <laughs> and that's going to be harder to harder to win in.
0: Absolutely. Um, And I I know, James, that you've also been working on um, a report in the background on the future of audio that's due to launch soon. Did you want to talk a bit about that? Because I'm sure that everyone who's listening in would be super interested to
3: to hear about it yeah sure I mean I, I won't kind of go too much down the plugging route but we're just about to launch um, the voice consumer index um, from Vixen Labs so that's coming out next Tuesday the 29th of uh, June if you want to mark your calendars which we've just uh, produced in partnership with the Open Voice Network who are a standards body looking at kind of voice AI technology and try to kind of keep it open and fair um, and presented by the team at Google Assistant so that's coming out next Tuesday which is a, the largest study of uh, voice technology users um, conducted in the UK the US and Germany so that'll be out next week and I think one of the big things that we're seeing is that um from that data which I, I don't mind sharing here is that one of the big things that people are doing when they're talking to voice assistants or using their voices is that there is this kind of interesting privacy dynamic going on people are concerned about what's going on with audio data whether that's talking to a smart speaker or talking in a forum like this um, but that's not a barrier to them using it um what we do see is that there is a very different behavior pattern that people have when they are at home or in a private space versus wanting to use their voice in a in a public space and um, that potentially may limit also our ability to stick with platforms like this in the long term because we're not so inclined to be talking into our phones and audio spaces when we're out in crowded areas maybe if you're out doing a kind of pandemic you know daily commute or dog walk when no one else is around you might do but um you know kind of wandering around and getting into these uh kind of voice activated spaces um when when life goes back to quote unquote normal may feel slightly um slightly odd so we'll, we'll wait and see but uh, yeah, the report comes out next Tuesday, the 29th of June, um, and you'll be able to download the exact summary and the white paper for free at vixenlabs.co um There'll be links in my Twitter for it.
0: Yeah, amazing! Really looking forward to that a lot, um, and all the stuff around AI um, has totally blown our minds. It's really exciting, and see where that's going to go. Um, so we have had some questions come through, which is really great. Uh, just taking a look through them now, I think there's one that would be great for. Um, Neil to answer if that's okay, Um, but everyone do chime in. So, uh, Tweet says, where do you think this new audio function will end up sitting within live radio and podcasting? How can it carve out its niche?
2: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think, you know, for me, it would be kind of a bit of a wait and see, really. I think... um, you know, it, it depends on um, how it kind of emerges and grows over the next couple of years. I guess, you know, the podcast is an ability probably for, you know, just more of the kind of as a layman looking at it is an ability for kind of one person to broadcast a particular piece of kind of produced content right you've got advertising opportunities kind of throughout and so you know will will the kind of new audio influencer be much more of a kind of live more real conversation or will it be you know as produced and as um, kind of curated as kind of some of the podcasts too so I guess you know for me it's um, we'll see how it nets nets out but uh, I think there'll be a you know for me it probably will be different to, to both of those things
0: that
1: currently exist yeah definitely can i can i come back on that yeah, as well beth I, I i think i think i think of well, the key things about it is particularly on live on sort of these sort of spaces and podcast is why am i live uh, I think it's a question of what you offer the audience by being live that you can't offer over a podcast. So that, that from my point of view, is very much about interactivity. It's about having them come in live, guests, you know, guests taking questions live on audio. It's about other interactions you can perhaps build beyond that. You know, things like, I don't think it would be very far off running things using an API, which are like game shows, like quizzes, you know much more uh, promotional marketing stuff which have an element of fun but are highly interactive i don't think we should underestimate the value of perhaps having a brand ambassador chat about something and then people being able to ask them questions directly i think that's really strong
0: yeah that's super interesting definitely agree um and uh, on the vein of interactivity we have i got another question through as well um so the questions around measurements, I guess I'd be interested to hear all of your point of views on this. Uh, do you have any thoughts around how um, measurement could work for branded Twitter spaces? Could there be kind of, uh, a, a measurement around peak live listeners? And could we find a way to attribute a, an actual purchase to someone tuning into a conversation in Twitter spaces?
3: Yeah, I can come back on that. I think that this goes to the whole kind of... Um, I suppose, layers uh, that needs to occur in the whole social audio industry, right? Um, I'd point people to a recent um, write-up by Jeremiah Oiwang, who's the um, yeah, long... Um, yeah, kind of looked at this this social spaces. He tweeted out a kind of um, analysis of the... Um, I'll, I'll try and find it and add it to the, to the space in a second here um, but you know looking at that kind of overarching um, industry we don't really have um, the kind of interoperability yet to work with platforms like this it, it's going to take some some time before those types of things kind of come in but that's where there's a potentially a big um, you know, business opportunity ultimately for a lot of people to come in and create that kind of second and third layer of um, management software that's going to, you know, sit on top of this, you know, look to the likes of people like Hootsuite and, you know, um, Buzzsprout and all of the kind of social management platforms. They've not yet plugged into um, all of these um, solutions yet. Um, But I think that that's just a matter of time before you have measurement solutions, management tools, you know, moderation um, for, uh, your you know, kind of platforms uh, like Spaces and, and others, um, we already saw you know in the start of Clubhouse a bunch of platform, uh, yes, you know, um, kind of platform softwares. I suppose jump up uh, to start help um, managing you know kind of clubs and rooms and syndicating them. So I think you're going to probably see um, a whole layer of you know content providers and apps and solutions that kind of sit on top of this you know, kind of audio, social, social audio medium. Um, And it's just going to be a matter of time before you kind of a, a solution kind of comes forward. And then that will enable, like I think every other platform, the attribution that you're expecting to see, the tracking, um, and also the brand governance as well, which at the moment is the thing that's really quite lacking in terms of, particularly on platforms like Clubhouse, of yeah, imposters and people jumping on the platform and trying to kind of steal the march on others. Um, it's yeah, it's been very competitive. Um, so I think that's one of the big things. that sort of all brands begin to really invest in this space is they're going to want to know that they've got um, protection as for the brand as
0: well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, what do you think about that? Neil, um, from a Starbucks perspective.
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, like anything, if, you know, we're to invest in audio as a brand just like any other channel, you'd be looking to see, you know, where you're kind of diverting funds away and budget from to be able to fund that. So, you know, if we move into this new era of, you know, highly produced kind of content on audio, um, that's, you know, thought-provoking leadership on on certain things, right? Then you'd want some form of measurement framework to say, well, you know, is this investment better than, you know, if I was to invest in out-of-home or on paid social? or anything like that, right? So, you know, those metrics I think will probably um kind of come through. Always, you know, you're looking for a balance of kind of efficiency and effectiveness anyway. So, you know, no doubt. Um kind of the more, you know, the, the rigorous kind of frameworks will develop over a period of time, whether it is about, you know, the number of people that listen in total, whether it's retention, whether it's then what the call to action is, as you said, to if you're you know promoting a particular product, for example, how do they go through and how do you measure um kind of that customer journey, for example, too. So um, but yeah, ultimately, I guess the more brands will probably invest in the space that you know our finance directors will be looking to say, well, you know, what's the return on investment? And so, therefore, for us, it's what would be the measurement framework that we'd look at to judge it against other, um, other competing priorities.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, we've had one, one more question through, um, just for the last one, which I think is pretty difficult to answer. But let's, let's see how you, how you guys go. Um, so, it says, we've had visual, now we have audio. What next from here? How much further do you think social can and should go?
1: I'll take that one and take the bullet first I think on that. Um, Yeah I um, I think there is a interesting development when you look at what Facebook's trying to do with VR and actually the level of customer resistance to that. I think probably most of us on this call have sat through events that have tried to do sort of pseudo VR over the year and things like that. I actually think what will happen is an expansion of audio, an expansion of video, and actually the formats will change more uh, in those those areas. I think shoppable live video is a big thing in in the far east at the moment. It seems to be growing in America. I think that's something that's probably going to be on everybody's agenda over the next six months. Is how do how do we do? shoppable lives um and whether that can expand out to audio i don't know but i think audio will see a a rapid evolution of the form and to take james and neil's point and better reporting and better justification of the ROI. and i think in video we will see more evolution of different formats you know if you look at twitch and things like that twitch are rapidly beginning to create themselves what are much more traditional broadcast formats you know quiz shows and game shows and reality shows so obviously it'll be interesting to see how those formats develop rather than particular bits of tech
0: yeah definitely um did anyone else want to add anything to that
3: yeah i I think i just build on top of what jack's saying is like that i think one of the things that we've seen happen time and time again in each of these new formats is that we still like have a desire for you know content in in different lengths and sizes right so yeah you know, snackable short form things things that are more interactive things that are um more long form yeah and that goes back as far as you know books and radio right so like, every medium that's been true you know you have talk shows on radio you have just music listening you have 15 minute newsreels and you, and you have one hour documentaries i think that the same is is true of social audio formats it's the same is true of video as we know like you know tiktok hasn't killed youtube right you can still go and watch a half hour youtube video and also a 15 second tiktok one doesn't necessarily kill the other and i think that's what we're gonna see is that you know as they conquer video and audio one of the things that i think is um that's inevitable is that this desire for live and a move for where people get more used to kind of this more transient experience where you're you're dialing in and dialing out of something and it it breaks down the social norm of having to show up for the entire thing or commit to the entire thing I think you will begin to see this kind of more simulcast thing beginning to emerge where certain types of events and programs have alternate talk tracks alternate video streams you know for a long time I've wanted to be able to you know watch the tv and kind of get the director's commentary by just asking alexa for it right and i think that you know platforms like this should begin to open up that kind of like simulcasted experiences where you might be i think someone said it at the start watching the euros and either you can tune into a group of your mates talking about the football or listen to two commentators or someone who's pitch side right and and that's where these platforms potentially enable that where that's not been the case before and you know we we learn our lesson there from what's happened in gaming with twitch which is what basically twitch has been about for a long time of watching people playing games and also then talking about it i think that that begins to open itself up to many other types of um entertainment formats um as well and you know having that essentially shared social experience, but around something that is streaming in, in real time. And, you know, with data being as cheap as it is and the latency being as low as it is as 5G rolls out, that's going to become
1: much more viable in a kind of mass medium way.
0: Yeah, I love the idea.
1: Yeah, i I'd the. absolutely... Oh, sorry, Beth. I'd absolutely back James up on that. We've begun to work with Twitch on watch parties where you have a more formal watch party where you can watch a bit of Amazon content and you have Cast or interesting people commentating over the top so there's definitely an appetite for that out there yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, i'm kind of amazed that like after that friends reunion thing that just happened that why why are they now not live streaming every episode of friends where a different cast member is on twitter spaces or a social audio platform talking about it while you watch it you know that seems like a massive ability to you know, monetize a huge back catalogs from big shows or big sporting events or live concerts and gigs you know and any entertainment format you can imagine um yeah you can now kind of get the original participants happening you know, to comment on it in, in real time and engage with them in real time which seems like a, a potential new new format that we've not seen before
0: yeah it's really exciting the idea of these kind of rich multi multimedia experiences that, that uh, have the potential to emerge um okay so i think that's come to the end of our, our questions but uh that was so incredible, kind of beyond all expectations, so thank you so much guys, I think we've got a lot to uh, go away and think about Um, and thanks for those who have come and listened in as well Um, I think there's been loads of really amazing nuggets made, Um, so what we're going to do is try and write up some of the really key points that have been made um, into a little bit of a summary and then share them after, so make sure those who are listening look out for that and we'll Share it from Iris so that everyone can uh, pass it on to their own networks as well. And also, it's been really fun. So let us know if you've enjoyed the session through Twitter and if you'd like us to keep running these as well. Um, we'd love love to do more of it. But um, thanks so much, guys, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, Beth. Thank you. Thank you.